Stressed out? Need sleep? The cold weather bringing out those aches and pains or arthritis? There's never been a better time to try cannabis. Check out the greenhouse of Walled Lake and learn about the natural way to relax and escape all that 2020 stress. The greenhouse is locally owned and they love helping people who are new to cannabis. They've got a great flower selection of the best Michigan-grown buds and the biggest pre-roll selection around. Don't want to smoke? No problem. There's vape carts, tinctures, concentrates, and everyone's favorite, edibles, like gummies, chocolates, peppermint bark, breath sprays, even the original Mackinac Island fudge. So check out the greenhouse of Walled Lake. 21 and over welcome, no med card needed. They also offer senior and veterans discounts and have a great loyalty rewards program. The Greenhouse of Walled Lake. That's greenhousemi.com. Greetings, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Glad to have you with me today. And there are important things happening in our state today, really across the nation. This is the day that the slate of electors is going to be presented, basically giving Joe Biden the Electoral College victory that he won back in early November. And of course, we are now in the middle of December. And just now people are coming around to this idea that this is actually factual. So I'm going to be following that today. And I know a lot of you will be following that today as well. But on Mondays, I do like to take a break from the real world to talk about the fantasy land that is the Detroit Lions playoff chances. They are not going to the playoffs. They could win out, maybe go eight and eight. And who knows? They're still technically in the hunt, technically. But Doesn't look very good for them. Matt Stafford might not be back in a Lions uniform again. We don't know the extent of his rib injuries he got yesterday. But anyway, there's a lot to talk about. And joining me as he does every Monday is my friend Pat Batchelor, morning anchor at WDET in Detroit. Of course, Detroit's NPR station. Pat, welcome back, sir. It's always a pleasure. Hello. There is a lot going on today. Um, and so obviously to talk football seems a little bit uh, frivolous on a day like today. But, you know, hey, the Lions, basically their season ended yesterday in, in a couple of different ways. Um, and perhaps an era ended in uh, Detroit as well for the Detroit Lions. Uh, obviously, Daryl Bevel in his second week as the interim head coach loses to the Packers uh, by seven points yesterday. But, Pat, I mean, it was pretty obvious to me that we didn't see a Lions team that didn't play hard, made a lot of mistakes. They didn't. They just were not good enough yesterday. The Packers have more talent. It was it was pretty darn plain. Well, yeah, uh, certainly uh, on the offensive side of the ball, when you've got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, uh, who can still at 37 uh, scramble uh, out of the pocket for a touchdown, uh, in addition to the three passes that he threw uh, for touchdowns to clinch the Packers uh, uh division championship, Um, you know, and and when you're going up against a defense that is just, I mean, if, if there were people allowed in the stands, they would be pulling people out of the stands uh, to play defense for the lions because of all the injuries that they've had this year. Um, You know, I've lost track of, uh, of, of, of all the people who have uh, been given the dubious assignment of having to stop some of the uh, league's best offensive talent. I guess uh, they have somebody in the defensive backfield uh, named Mike Ford. Uh, I have no idea if he's a member of the Ford family uh, at this point. (laughs) I suppose uh, that that is even a possibility there. But yeah, I mean, the the talent gap uh, between the Lions and the league's best teams is uh, uh, quite obvious. Um, And that's part of the reason why uh, Bob Quinn lost his job as general manager uh, because of, I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't totally 
I, I mean, he did make some good picks. TJ Hawkinson seems to be a keeper. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. he's developed into one of the game's best tight ends, uh, perhaps even the best tight end. Uh, DeAndre um, Swift has some has some talent. Yep, we've seen we've seen that. Um, but you know, when you're missing when you're missing big pieces uh, like uh, uh, Kenny Galladay uh, and half your offensive line. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to uh, get anything going offensively. And then, as I said, on the defense, I mean, there's just no talent there. Uh, I will give them credit for this. The last two weeks uh, under Daryl Bevel, they have looked like a team uh, that is not giving anything up. They're you know they're still fighting, uh, still playing uh, to you know to to win games. Uh, I liked Bevel's strategy at the end of the first half yesterday uh, when the game was tied. The Lions got the ball back. They had about maybe a minute and a half to do something with it. And instead of taking a knee and going into the locker room, they just kept, you know, trying to sling the ball downfield. You know, uh, of course, part of that may be that uh, Bevel is playing with house money at this point. You know, I mean, what has, he got, what has he got to lose? You know, he, he may or may not be uh, the, uh, the, the head coach next season. He's supposed to be a candidate. Uh, he's got, you know, he's got to show that he can be aggressive. And a lot of times it uh, worked like it did against the Bears. Uh, last week, but um, you know we've uh, the the big question is you know what what happens now? Uh, they're five and eight. Uh, their playoff hopes, uh, even if they're mathematical, they're infinitesimal uh, at this point. Uh, they still have a chance to land a top ten draft pick, so I guess that's uh, a uh, win for lack of a better word. <laughs> but um, you know the the question now going forward is Matthew Stafford. It, well, you know, I, we'll talk about Matt Stafford in just a second, but, um, you know, I, I was reading the free press uh, yesterday. And I, I, Carlos uh, Menares, I believe is his name, was the Lions beat writer right. and, and columnist, basically was suggesting that the team should tank at this point and that, uh, you know, get rid of Matt Stafford, clean house, basically burn the whole thing down and start over. And you're starting to hear a lot of people talk about that. Um and, and and suggesting that, but as a fan, as somebody who likes to watch football, seeing a team intentionally tank is one of those things that that drives me nuts. Because the Lions, regardless with the wins that they have already this year, with five wins, they're not going to get one of the first two or three picks in the draft. They're going to be in the middle of the you know, but still have a decent pick in the first round. Tanking does nothing really for them right now, other than alienate people like me. And, and I just, it seems like a bad strategy. And I hate when people advocate for that stuff. Well, and it, it's nonsense too, because I mean, these guys, uh, you know, are, are professional. They're making lots and lots of money uh, to go out there and do something that is incredibly hard to do, incredibly physical uh, and, and potentially, you know, uh, career damaging. Uh, if, you know, if, if, you know, if, if, if some part of the body Bends the wrong way for example. which we saw with Matt Stafford, which we'll talk about in just a second. Yeah, I, I mean, no, I, I don't want to see them tank. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't matter to me where they draft, uh, as long as you know, as long as they've. I mean, if you're if you're in comp- if you're in competition for one of the top two picks, fine. But anything after that, you know, just you, you got to go out and try to win. And these guys have too much pride uh, to you know they're professionals. It, it's just not in their DNA to to, to quit to give up. Well, let's talk about Matt Stafford for just a second, because I I was uh, of the opinion that Marvin Jones caught that touchdown pass or that that pass down to the two yard line late in late in the game yesterday. Um, And of course, it was ruled uh, that he did not make the catch. And it was close. I'm not going to yell at the referees for this one, but I was of the opinion he did make the catch. And if he had, the Lions probably would have run the ball in on the next play 
saving them a couple of minutes, but then saving them that play that crushed Matt Stafford a few plays later that basically sidelined him with some some rib injury of some kind. We don't know how extensive it is. Uh, he didn't need to get hurt necessarily. Um, obviously, that's what happens in football, but uh, Matt Stafford probably is not going to play the rest of this year. I wouldn't put him in there uh, if he's got a rib problem, and he wouldn't either because he's got a future to think about. So the question is, what is that future? Do the Lions think about moving on at this point? Um, and, and would he be attractive to somebody that is like one puzzle piece away from putting it together? Well, that's possible, but whoever it is, uh, you either have to uh, try to get them to assume the remainder of his contract, which is quite expensive uh, or you have to but not by, not by free agent standards now the contract he's under right now remember it was surpassed by a couple of people in the last couple of years so at one point he was the highest paid football player in history but that quickly went by the wayside right so if they can move the contract uh you know that and and, and get something decent in return sure but if you do that you're basically committing to a total rebuild uh, under a new general manager a new head coach and you're starting from ground zero uh, which we, you know, which we've seen, which we've seen before. I don't know if Lions fans have the patience for another five-year rebuild, uh, you know, rebuild version 38.0. But I, I think they, they would be if there was some sort of sense that they were going to be where Buffalo or Cleveland is right now. Um, two teams that were in that perpetual rebuild cycle for a long time, both seem to have finally gotten it right. Um, you know, Buffalo manhandling uh, Pittsburgh yesterday, uh, doing a great job there. Cleveland has been having a great season. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll have to see how, uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, you know, as, as for Matt Stafford's immediate future, uh, if he can play and he feels ready to play, he'll play because I mean, there's no questioning this guy's toughness. I mean, they talked about it on the uh, Fox uh, broadcast all day yesterday and he is, he's a, I mean, Stafford's a tough dude. I he mean, played with a broken shoulder in the fourth quarter of a game against Cleveland years yeah, ago. Yeah. I mean, you know, but he has had, this has not been a great year for him. I mean, he's, uh, he's been sacked about almost three dozen times and not all of that is the fault of his offensive line. I mean, he's taken some bad sacks that a 12 year veteran simply should not take. Uh, you know, he's, he's looking much better, more comfortable in the pocket uh, under Bevel system, uh, the last couple of games where he's just basically been allowed to air it out, uh, and, uh, and just, you know, sling it downfield. That's what, that's what Stafford does best. He's a gunslinger. Um, but you know, it's, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, it might make, it might make sense to, to move him if you can, because then the new GM and the new coach come in and they can pretty much choose their own quarterback, uh, at that point. And whether that's somebody on the free agent market, whether it's, you know, give it to Chase Daniel, you know, for a year until a quarterback that you draft, uh, is, is groomed and ready. Uh, we'll just have to, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's yeah. a possibility. I mean, part of me, I, I like Matt Stafford. I've always liked Matt Stafford as a player. I think he gives his all. Sometimes he makes dumb mistakes, but all players do, especially quarterbacks. I mean, the spotlight is on you all the time. And he's made some questionable passes over the course of his career. But I never thought of him the way I thought of, like, Scott Mitchell, who, you know, was the king of the pick six for a while back when he was the Lions quarterback. But, uh, you know... Part of me is like saying, all right, move Matt Stafford just because I would like to see him finish his career on a team that's got a chance to do something and to give this guy a chance to prove that he really is as gifted a quarterback as I think the the, the stats show. Um, you know, yeah, when you're behind in games, you're going to air it out. You're going to get a lot of yards. But you know what? You still have to make those passes. And he has consistently over his career. And, and I would like him to get a chance to actually do something. 
with a team that's got a chance to go somewhere. And I, I don't see the Lions doing that this year, obviously. And and next year, you know, new coach, new system, who knows? Uh, I'm just wondering, is his head going to be in it if he's still here or is he fully lionized at this point? Well, yeah, I mean, I think he's probably been lionized for a while. But uh, the um, the question is, where do you send him? I mean, who who need, uh, you know, you look at the teams that are playoff contenders right now, they all seem to be set uh, at uh, quarterback. So uh, do you, you know, Dallas? Well, yeah, okay, Dallas, but, um, you know, uh, I guess that is a possibility. It would be a logical, uh, a logical solution. I'm sure he would love to play in Texas since that's, you know, where he came from. Um, and, and did you know that he went to high school with Clayton Churchill? <laughs> no, I did not know that. That's sorry about that. But, Just had to toss that in there. Yeah, obligatory. But, but uh, anyway, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen to him. I would like to see him uh, do something with the rest of his career and, and have a chance. Otherwise, he's he's the next. You know, he's just another Dan Fouts um, guy with great stats, never won anything. Uh, you know, just a good player. Not to take away, and a championship is not the only thing that defines the quality of a player, but it is something that does matter. And and at least see him get a playoff win somewhere would be pretty nice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, all right, hey, let's talk about uh, college football for just a second because we talked last week about the Big Ten and the fact that Michigan and Michigan State or Michigan and Ohio State weren't going to play and whether or not Ohio State would have number of games necessary to be. Uh, in the Big Ten championship game. And of course, the Big Ten was going to bend. And they did uh, because Ohio State is clear in a way the best team in the conference. I mean, there's no denying it after they beat Indiana. Uh, and OK, they got five games under their belt. They get to play their sixth uh, against Northwestern, which they should win. I think that might be enough to get them into the playoff Uh Michigan, in the meantime, has apparently scheduled Iowa uh, for this Champions Week or whatever they're calling it, um, just to give a chance for these guys to play another game, which is good. Uh, but, I, I mean, was there ever any doubt that the Big Ten was going to make this happen? No, none whatsoever. I mean, you know, Ohio State is uh, a legitimate uh, top five team. Uh, whether they're good enough to beat Alabama or Clemson remains to be seen, or even Notre Dame. Um, but, you know, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that the Big Ten should have made that rule in the first place, uh, you know, to have a minimum required number of games, especially when you, you afforded no bye weeks whatsoever. I mean, you just said, OK, we're going to play eight. We're going to play eight games in eight weeks and then a ninth week uh, for, you know, uh, an extra crossover game uh, while the championship uh, is going on. Actually, I think the championship game is being played first. I think it's a noon kickoff. Yeah, so who who cares at that point? You know, I mean, if, if the Big Ten championship is decided, who cares what the other teams are doing? The Big Ten really botched this uh, from, from the get-go. But, um, you know, I, I guess if... If the if the reasoning was if the reasoning to uh, let Ohio State in with only five games was to get you know give them a chance to get into the playoff, well then why have a championship game at all? Um, you know, just just say here's our Big Ten champion and let the playoff committee decide. I don't think there's especially after Florida lost. I don't think there's too much chance that uh, uh, the committee would pass uh, on a five and zero Ohio State team just because of how good they are. Uh, the worst case scenario for the Big Ten. Uh, would be if Northwestern somehow manages to upset Ohio State. Uh, you know, I 
I'm rooting for that, of course. Uh, sure. I, I want to see Northwestern win uh, because, you know, I mean, they're, they they were down for so long. Uh, for oh, the scrappy years. underdog story. Come on. Now. Oh, Pat Fitzgerald, their coach, is a guy I like and respect. Uh, and, and, of course, it's just such a great university, too. I, I always root for the Brainiac schools to win. I just do. Yeah, and and I hate Ohio State. So, well, yeah, of course. But you know, everybody says, "Oh, this is good for the Big Ten. I don't see how it's good for the Big Ten. I mean, how do the how how does Michigan benefit from Ohio State being in the in the in the in the in the playoff? I I don't I don't understand that. I guess there's some financial incentive uh, that goes with that. But you know, I I just you know, yeah, I suppose I can see the the, the rationale uh, behind it, and you know. Indiana would have been. Uh, there's no guarantee Indiana would have been available for uh, for a Big Ten championship game because uh, they, you know, they had to can- they had to scrap their game against Purdue uh, because of COVID. Um, well, they said Michigan State potentially could have been the East champion if they had invalidated Ohio State. Yeah, I was reading well, that in the paper this morning, which would yeah. have been hilarious. Well, uh, well, it would have come down to the winner. It could have come down to the winner of the Penn State Michigan State game. Uh, you know, if, if Indiana can't go, uh, Maryland doesn't have enough games. Uh, then you know, there's there's Penn State. You know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, they, it, it was a no win situation for the Big Ten either way. But I really don't see the point of playing these other games. Uh, you know, after the championships already been decided, uh, just you know let these kids recover, let them, you know, unless, unless they want to, I mean, you know, and I think for some of the kids, you know, they're getting ready, you know, you're starting to see uh, people getting in the transfer portal and and thinking about whether or not they're, you know, so I don't know if it's one opportunity for them to showcase what they've got to other coaches around the league. And and if if kids want to move and make lateral moves around the country, I I don't know. Yeah, but I'll watch it anyway, just because it's on. If they're entering the transfer portal now, though, I don't think they're they're not playing. That's true. Okay. you know, I've got to make a decision soon. Right. But yeah. any, I mean, look, you know what? I'll watch it just because it's on. And Iowa, Michigan always is usually a pretty entertaining game. Um, you know, and Iowa, Iowa, Iowa beats Michigan on occasion, and I have a feeling they will probably beat them this time as well. Well, but, yeah, they're yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't see the line, but uh, Iowa has rattled off uh, six straight wins. Uh, they're playing at Iowa, Michigan, rarely wins, uh, in Iowa city. Uh, and you know, they're, they can't win either way. Uh, Iowa is a much better team and should win the game if they play, if Michigan is able to play, but you know, if Michigan is able to play this game, uh, after not being able to play Ohio state, uh, you know, I, I don't care what anybody in the program says. Uh, the perception is always going to be, fairly or not, that they bailed on Ohio State. I mean, why would you play? Why would you play a game after you bailed out of the one game that is traditionally the end of your regular season? I mean, this. Oh, is- I mean, but they but they did miss two games in a row. Um, and and that's the thing is like all the teams that have missed one game because of COVID restrictions have basically had to miss two games with the exception of Ohio state, by the way, they only had a one week layoff because of that. I mean, so this is, you know, this is deep down the rabbit hole that we don't need to go to, but, but let's talk COVID for just a second because it is forcing sports leagues to do things completely differently. Uh, we've got the Toronto Raptors that are looking at playing their games uh, in, in the United States for the season just because international travel is a problem. And I want to talk about this because one of the coolest things I've seen being bandied about out there is in the NHL. 
because the NHL is truly international. You've got, you know, teams from both countries and all these different divisions. So they're going to do a temporary realignment, it looks like, and have an all Canada division in the NHL. So all the games would be basically played between those teams uh, from Vancouver all the way over to Montreal. And, and of course, the wings would be realigned with the Blackhawks, I believe, and, and some other teams. But so geography is going to play a part. But talk about getting creative. Um, and I think Canadian fans would love to see nothing but Canadian teams going up against each other. And that way you also have a possibility of having a couple of your teams elevated a little bit higher in the playoffs, uh, maybe making it so that when they do set up, you know, an igloo situation or whatever they want to call it, the bubble uh, for the playoffs, uh, they have a better chance of having a Canadian Cup champion for the first time in a long time. Well, the the problem though then becomes uh, depending upon uh, whether the se- whether they can complete the season. Uh, and now that the vaccine is available, uh, and uh, you know by by the spring, uh, you know per- perhaps the travel restrictions will be lifted. Uh, they played uh, all of the all of the postseason games uh, in Toronto and Edmonton uh, with uh, with all the playoff teams there. But if it comes down to the playoffs and you you know, and, and you have a Canadian team facing an American team, where are you going to play it? You know, I mean, they, they, they have to figure that out. Who's going to travel where? Uh, in, in theory, it sounds like a great concept. I mean, you know, it seems to me that what you could do is create a quarantine situation, uh, you know, where you have both teams. All right. The, the playoffs have been settled. You've got the Canadian division, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're just going to wait a couple of weeks before we start it. Everybody's quarantined. They get them in the bubble. Um, and then, you know, you could probably pull it off because the NBA did a great job with this, I thought, last season. Um, and the NHL did a great job with it as well. Uh, I just like the creativity that they're using. They're willing to scrap things to keep the games going. And and I know it's not the most important thing in the world. But for those of us that have been holed up for months and months, I haven't been to an office uh, in a long time. You obviously need to be in the studio, um, but I can work from my basement. It's important to have these little moments of escape, and and it has been nice to have football to watch. It has been nice to watch some preseason Pistons basketball even. I mean, it's just it's something to do uh, to help keep us a little bit sane. Yeah, and uh, the NBA and the NHL uh, both did a great job uh, managing uh, their uh, postseason. Uh, Major League Baseball had fits and starts at the beginning, but even that worked out uh, uh, okay uh, uh, in in the end. Um, you know, but then again, we have to remember that we're talking about you know teams that are worth hundreds of millions, even billions of dollars. You know, they can afford to test their players every single day uh, and and respond quickly uh, if somebody tests positive. You know, they know what to do there. Um, you know, so I agree. I mean, it's you know in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that important. Uh, but at the same time, it it, it does provide a a diversion. Absolutely, it does. Well, the holiday is going to give us all the diversion uh, that we need coming up here in just about 10 days or so. Um, And of course, we'll catch up Monday. uh, But, you know, after that, when the holidays come, I don't know when we'll talk again. But um, let's let's keep following this for the rest of the year if you're okay with it. And uh, I always appreciate talking to my friend Pat Batchelor, of course, morning anchor at WDET in Detroit. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for checking out the show on this Monday. Don't forget, if you like what we're doing here, subscribe to it, rate it, tell your friends, help us spread the word uh, that the program is out there. We've got a lot of downloads these days, which is good, but there's always room for more. It helps us monetize this program and allows me to keep uh, working in some capacity, uh, which I hope you appreciate. In the meantime... 
Don't forget, you can reach out to me. The Craig Folly Show at gmail.com is my email address. The Craig Folly Show at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that good stuff. Leave me messages there if you've got some ideas for the show, people you want me to talk to, or just want to give me some feedback about what you've heard. I appreciate it uh, all the time. Uh, don't forget, coming up on Fridays, we do do the week that was our weekly roundup panel discussion about all the things happening in the news and there's going to be lots to talk about this week as well and also keep in mind i'm watching what's going on at the capitol in lansing today there have been some some people who have been talking about uh, potential threats against the capitol it's closed down to the public today uh, the electors will be casting their ballots uh, the electoral ballots to make joe biden the next president of the united states there's some talk from a legislator uh, in st Clair county about a quote-unquote hail mary attempt try to figure out what that's about today but who knows we're keeping an eye on it and um, if there's something to be said about it i will do so in the meantime have a great day everybody i really do appreciate it and uh really just about 10 days left if you haven't done your shopping yet for the holiday and if it's uh, if you're celebrating hanukkah well time's a wasting you better get on that pretty darn quick all right have a great day everybody we'll talk soon looking for the latest news and information about our great city of detroit head to deadlinedetroit.com for one-stop shopping for the most important stories of the day. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in town, providing original reporting, videos, and podcasts that keep you in the know about everything happening in Detroit. Become a member today, and you'll automatically be entered into a drawing for prizes, including gift cards to some of Detroit's best restaurants. Go to DeadlineDetroit.com membership.